Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here in this Monday evening. Stick around because coming up later in the show, I'm going to share with you just the dramatic difference, like what leadership really means when we come when it comes to government, governors, and ultimately your freedom. So some might dub it we're going to be talking about liberty versus tyranny. So please stay with us for that. Now many people are saying this has never never happened in the history of presidential briefings what happened earlier today just a little over an hour ago president trump came out to start his covid presser he began to talk about the stock market a few other things and then out of nowhere this happens and the dow dow jones are going to be i mean the way they're going it looks like they're just about going to be topping records hopefully soon excuse me that was just moments into the press as you could see there secret service walking up he sort of mumbled shots fired more on that in the moment but everybody including the press corps everyone was removed from that press briefing room and obviously put into safe places around the white house then like a boss, President Trump came back to the briefing room. We're going to share with you a little bit about what he had to say about what just took place when he came back. So thank you very much. Sorry for that. The, there was a shooting outside of the White House and seems to be very well under control. I'd like to thank the Secret Service for doing their uh, always quick and very effective work. But there was an actual shooting. And uh, somebody's been taken to the hospital. I don't know the condition of the person. It seems that the person was, was shot by Secret Service. So we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, did you have something? I love it. He's like, nobody's going to stop me. You can shoot. You can do what you want to do. Because when he, when he came back, one of the reporters was like, you know, Mr. President, are, are, are you rattled by what just took place? He goes, I don't know. Look at me. Do I look rattled? <laughs> So obviously he shows up, continues to do his presser. There was some great stuff coming out of that presser as well. Now, speaking of press conferences, earlier today, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum held a press conference as well. He announced here in North Dakota what he's calling the Mask Up campaign. It's not a mandate. It's not a statewide mandate like in Minnesota. I think it's just a very strong, a very strong recommendation that, hey, if you're going to be out and about, uh, wear a mask. Then later in the press conference, I want you to listen very closely to this, please. And then as you listen to this, you tell me if this is something that you want to be a part of. If you would like to be a part of this pilot project or not, here's what Governor Burgum said earlier today about this project. It's an honor for the North Dakota Department of Health to be one of only four states to be selected by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, along with Florida, California, and Minnesota. Uh, and then a fifth location, the city of Philadelphia, to be part of a pilot project project to plan and implement uh, and get ready for the eventual COVID-19 vaccination program. This would be a great benefit to our state to be part of this pilot program. The health department st staff will work over the next several months with a multi-agency federal team, including staff from the CDC, the Department of Defense, to prepare and plan for the COVID-19 vaccination uh, delivery and response in North Dakota. North Dakota was selected because of the health department's successful immunization program and of the state's strong partner partnership with all of our tribal nations. So we'd love to know your point of view on that. A COVID-19 vaccination pilot program. 
Is that something that you want to be a part of or not? You might notice there you had North Dakota, Florida, Minnesota, California, and the city of Philadelphia. Do you all remember that song? One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> so anyways, please share your point of view with us if, if you want to be a part of that pilot program for a COVID-19 vaccine. Keep in mind, please, probably one of the fastest times ever that a vaccine has been created. If you didn't see the 60 Minutes piece from the late 70s, early 80s that I put up on social media a while back, you may want to just revisit that. Just saying. All right, now both Fargo and Moorhead school districts, they held informational meetings today to lay out some ideas and plans for the upcoming school year. Now Fargo schools are going to be doing kind of a hybrid instruction for students K through 12. They're going to be evaluating all the COVID numbers from Cass County to determine if we can have a full in-person learning program option as the year progresses. So that's very, very good news. You can also learn more about their uh, plan up on the Fargo School District website as well. Superintendent Baszler has announced that the state of North Dakota is going to be using CARES funding to offer some scholarships through Minot State University for paraprofessionals to become licensed in special education, specializing in distance learning to meet obviously the needs and the call from those students, which is very, very important. Now, Moorhead also had an information meeting earlier today. They uh, shared some details of what they intend to do. They conducted some polls with parents as well. Here's some of what they had to say from their meeting earlier today. Since we're in this together, we sought input and guidance while making the preliminary plans for many different areas. Here you can see that 78% of our parents wanted to see their students back in the schools face to face. A majority of our staff also can't wait to get back to school. Currently, we're at 13.53, which means that our elementary age students will be having in-person learning and our secondary students will be in a hybrid model. In the schools, all people over the age of five and in the buses will be required to wear a mask. Um, a shortened day is a feature of our in-person learning, and this is because of the need for teacher preparation, collaboration, and then busing schedules, um, safe busing schedules across the district. And hybrid learning is um, where some work is completed in person and some is completed in a distance learning platform. Um, or off-site. As we work to design schedules for hybrid learning, that we're really committed to a district-wide family considerate model that would have the students, students um, within a family unit, siblings would be on that same schedule. All of our students are going to have district-issued Chromebooks by November 1st. Um, we're really excited about this. This is going to be a huge game-changer for our K-4 students to all be on that same uh, platform with that, that Chromebook. So there's some information there about what's going on in Moorhead. We're working to have actually an educational roundtable conversation this Friday with some of the local superintendents. Uh, you can see here, it looks like it's going to be so great job, Producer AJ. I didn't even know it was already scheduled for 1 p.m. So kudos to her. So if you want to ask them questions, if we've got Fargo, West Fargo, and Moorhead superintendents, it will be a fantastic conversation. Please join us for that. All right, now let's look at the difference between how people govern in different states. You can see the video here next to me. This is Sturgis, South Dakota. Over the weekend, there was thousands and thousands of people practicing their freedoms responsibly. All right, responsibly, but they were doing this under the leadership of Governor Kristi Noem in South Dakota. I like to call her Lady Liberty.
Lady Liberty, Governor Christine Noem. She's doing a great job down there letting people, again, kind of just live their lives. If they want to social distance, wear masks, do those things. And as we know, South Dakota's been doing a pretty good job handling COVID as well. Now, keep in mind, Sturgis, there's going to be ultimately probably hundreds of thousands of people there. Then we have another example to contrast what freedom looks like versus another way to govern, and that's Minnesota. I'm sure you've heard the story by now of what happened in Effie, Minnesota. They held their 65th annual North Star Stampede Rodeo recently. They had a live audience. It's a rodeo, so it was outside. Uh, probably, you know, a couple thousand people or so. And now you can take the black screen down, Zach. Now, Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison wants to fine this small rodeo $25,000. $25,000 per infraction for not following Governor Walz's executive orders for holding a rodeo outside. Just want to let that sink in for a moment. So I recently sat down with Jordan Ryer. He has put together a GoFundMe account to raise money to uh, really help for, with legal fees to fight for people's freedoms against Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. Here's our conversation. We've all heard the story now of the rodeo that is being, I don't know if you would say sued by the Minnesota Attorney General or what, but anyways, they're being fined at least $25,000 penalty per infraction. Joining us now is Jordan Ryer. He's a friend of the North Star Stampede Rodeo and also has done a great job putting together a GoFundMe account, which we'll talk about later so that they can actually defend their freedom. Jordan, first off, it's great to have you with us and thanks for what you're doing to help fight for people's rights. Hey, thank, thank you for having me. So for people that haven't followed the story uh, as closely maybe as others, just if you don't mind, share with people what happened and what's happening today. Um, you know, just like uh, 65 other years, um, it's been, um, you, you know, the, the, it's the 65th annual. Uh, they tried to have another rodeo. Um, it was, uh, you know, working with local authorities like they like they wish to do. They wanted to uh, uh, make it as, as, you know, compliant as possible with Itasca County. They were working with the Sheriff's Department. And then the state of Minnesota stepped in and, um, you know, kind of kind of started to squash everything about that. So um, ben, they, they basically were upset because you guys were going to do more than the 250 people in a certain area. But I mean, it's a rodeo. It's outside, right? It's on 300 acres. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 insanity. Um the thing is, is, is they, they, the, excuse me, the arena uh, so holds somewhere around 3000, some people I'm just ballparking, I'm guessing. Um, and he, so they're working together, going back and forth, doing their thing. And they start talking numbers down, down, down more and more, making it harder and harder for everybody. Um, and then they say 25% of that, which is 250 people. I mean, people would have been spaced. 40 feet apart. It would have been just nonsense. So I'm going to play a little video for our audience, uh, if I can here, just so that they can see some things that took place during the protests. And then I'm going to give you a chance to comment, but this will set some context here. And what people are able to see is obviously there's a lot of people here right now that were protesting in Minneapolis. Um, I guess my question for you is, do you know if any of these people ended up being fined or whatnot uh, for, uh, for being out there and protesting? No, no, absolutely not. You know, everybody was all for it. Everybody still showed up. Um, he wasn't restricting our right to protest. No, I'm saying in, many, in the Minneapolis protests. I mean, are you aware of anybody that was getting fined or, or what? I know. No, no, exactly. So do you think you guys would be better off if you would have said, hey, let's go have a North Star protest and then you guys would be fine? There would be no 
fines or anything right now from the attorney yeah, general? I mean, maybe we should have burned and looted. I don't know. I, you know, uh, burned down some outhouses. I don't know what to tell you. So to be fair to the attorney general, according to a statement, he did reach out to the organizer and said, hey, guys, we want to work with you. We want to do this the right way and keep people safe. Um, so the organizer have, have, have done a better job of, of keeping people out or why didn't he follow protocol per the attorney general? Well, this is this is people's livelihoods. This isn't just a rodeo. This isn't just a show. Um, this is people's careers. You know, this is part of our community. Even our community, small businesses need this revenue. You know, um, it was clenching it down so tight with the, the restrictions that what's the point of even having it? You know, what do we do? Give up? Yeah, I, I don't know, my friend. I guess that's that's kind of the tough question. Um, I also want to share with our audience the fact that somebody wrote in an email. So if people want to do something similar, here's what a person wrote to Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. Um, says, Attorney General Keith Ellison, your blatant hypocrisy is on display. We, the American people, we are watching you. We have strength in numbers and we have the power of the Constitution and God Almighty standing with us. When you allow violent criminals to assemble and commit crimes against innocent persons in your communities by committing arson, looting, vandalism, destruction of property and murder, all with your blessing while you call it peaceful protest. You're up. Wow. If you think we, the people, are going to allow you to try to enforce draconian policies against law-abiding, hardworking taxpayers who simply are trying to run their businesses and live their lives according to how they, not you, see fit to run their lives, you want to come against we, the people. He goes on and on with some very strong words there. Um, just your reaction to Mr. Cash's email to the attorney general. It explains all of the, our supporters perfectly. Um, the silent majority uh, says the same thing. We're so small and rural up here in the woods. I mean, uh, our, our local communities will be hit first and they will suffer first. You know, people will lose their business first. Uh, all of this is is uh, nonsense. Now, according to the attorney general, there is one person that was at the rodeo, has since been tested and did test positive. Does that help you sort of see the AG's point of view? And are you concerned about that at all? You know, as far as all of us goes, uh, we knew what we were getting into. It's our freedom and our constitutional rights to attend this rodeo. We knew the risks. Um, people who want to stay home, that's their right as well. When you say constitutional right, what do you mean specifically as far as the right to, because some people can say, hey, it's, it's an event. You don't have a constitutional right to go to it. Well, it's our constitutional right to not be restricted, to not go to it, um, to, for them not to say that uh, we can't assemble and protest the overreach. Um, uh, the fact that there was a COVID case uh, over a three-day weekend and they tested it on Monday straight away. I don't know anybody that can get in and get their Monday test and back the same day. Um, you know, I may be wrong, you know, but I... I wow, that's a great point. So the person got tested on Monday and got the results back the very same day. Is that what you're saying? That's the rumor. That's the rumor, yeah. Okay, so, it's a, so thank you for saying that it's a rumor, but if, if true, that's fascinating. I, so We don't know the person, but that's, that's, what their, uh, that's what their claim is. That's a very, very good point. So thank you for saying that again, if that bears out to be true. So you've got this uh, GoFundMe page. Uh, what are you trying to raise money for, and how is that going to help what you guys are doing? Um, the legal fees, uh, any financial losses, um, you know, this could be huge. They're talking $25,000 per violation. It's it's a small town community versus the state. Um, you know, we're, we need everything we can get. So all of our supporters are fantastic. And um, I can't thank them enough. And hopefully this is going to spread far and wide as we draw in um, 
spectators uh, and fans over the years, far and wide from everywhere, all over the nation. Well, Jordan, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing to, you know, try to help help out for the people in FE Minnesota. Thank you for going out and saying, hey, we're, we're going to do this and try to do it. What seems like I think some people I mean, it's debatable how, how you went about doing it. But I think you guys put a sign out front and said, look, you're coming in here at your own risk. You don't have to be here. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, people are, are uh, have underlying conditions. They can certainly stay home. I consider myself and my family healthy. Um, we went, you know, so. All right. Well, AJ, we can bring up the uh, GoFundMe page one more time. So if you want to help out with what they're doing here, uh, again, Attorney General Keith Ellison is suggesting he's going to be fining them $25,000 per infraction per Governor Wall's executive orders for them holding a um, rodeo that took on for three days. There was maybe you know a few thousand people at this event. Again, it's outside. But if you want to step up and help out and help these guys um, fight the state of Minnesota, please check out this GoFundMe page. Jordan Ryer, again, thank you very much for the time and the insight. We really, really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It was a blessing, man. We look forward to having you back if you've got some new news, okay? Sounds good. Thank you. All right, stay with us. Speaking of Minnesota, we're going to talk about that at the end of the show. Plus, there was an article out that President Trump says he wants to have his face on Mount Rushmore. He put out a tweet saying that's fake news, but I asked on Facebook, should President Trump's face be added to Mount Rushmore or not? Got a big response to this. We'll give you the results at the end of tonight's show, so stick around for that. And of course, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. I mean, we got the pilot project for the vaccine. We just talked about Minnesota. Share your point of view with us. We'll be right back.